Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Second to None podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and the 365 Sports YouTube channel. I am co-host Blaine Gilmer with my fellow co-host Tavares King. And Tavares, you in some some sweet digs there today? Yeah, uh, different little spot. I'm I'm in I'm in No Sean's house. My my office for work is actually located in Denver. Um, the main office. So I came out here to uh, show show my face a little bit. And I, when I come out here, I always stay with my with my good buddy, No Sean Marino. So appreciate him allowing me to use his office. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So if you're watching on the 365 uh, YouTube channel, you can see the Georgia memorabilia in the background. And uh, Georgia had playing UAB this week, but uh, but TK, it is a lock-in Friday here on the Second and None podcast. We have our Reaction Mondays. We have our What's the Spread Wednesdays and then Lock-in Fridays where we are going to lock in our picks and tell everybody who they should expect to win these games on Saturday. And TK, we, we kind of get into the we start getting into our analysis a little bit on Wednesdays there we start we start just giving a little tease of it but now we've got to research these uh, a little bit more in depth they gave you some players that I wanted you to kind of give your uh, player perspective on and stuff like that and uh you know excited to dive in a little bit deeper here on this lock in Friday oh yeah for sure me too man I appreciate the homework I got to dive in on a few players and and get the scoop on them so so yeah man as a former receiver, I uh, give give you two receivers for Kentucky there that are uh, big time playmakers that I know you're going to have fun breaking down when we get to them a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, they were fun to watch, man. Uh, both of those cats, Wondell Robinson is electric, um, so I can't wait to you know talk about him a little bit. No doubt. And and speaking of electric guys, football season in general is electric. And if you want to make it even more, just a little bit more exciting, you can go over to Bet Online. It's that time of the year. In fact, right behind me as we're recording this, the Buccaneers and Cowboys are about to kick off the NFL season. You're listening to this on a Friday morning, but the but we're recording on a Thursday night right here. And guys, it's that time of the year, and all eyes are on. The football gridiron, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for the all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest now open at Bet Online. So head on over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 100% welcome bonus. So whatever you put in, they're going to match it up 
over top of it with a welcome bonus. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way for all your sport bet favorites. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And as always, we appreciate Bet Online uh, for being sponsor of the show. Now, TK, we had uh, our game of the week here was is the Texas Longhorns coming to Fayetteville, Arkansas, in an old Southwest Conference matchup that's now going to be a future SEC rivalry. And who better to help us kind of break things down? We like to have a guest on Fridays, TK. You know, we're going to – and we're working on some some guests for some people. I know you got some special ones that you're working on uh, coming up. But wanted to bring in a, a Arkansas expert, if you will, and that is none other than Mr. Kyle Sutherland, who is host of the Hog Talk podcast. Uh, they do a fantastic job. Anything and everything you could ever want covered – in terms of Arkansas, Kyle Sutherland is the guy to do it. So without further ado, we're going to bring you a interview that we recorded with Mr. Kyle Sutherland. And now on the Second to None podcast, we have a special guest that covers all things Arkansas. It's Mr. Kyle Sutherland on from the Hog Talk podcast. And Kyle, welcome to Second to None. I've talked to you before, uh, kind of chopped it up with you about Arkansas and things like that, but so excited to be talking to you with this marquee matchup that's coming up here with Texas and Arkansas. Definitely, Blaine. It's uh, good to talk with you again, and uh, hopefully look a little better against Texas uh, than we did against Rice, but uh, going to be going to be a tough matchup nonetheless. Texas, you know, I think if everybody had been quite honest with themselves coming into the year, everybody thought that Arkansas would have been, you know, well positioned in in this matchup. And I still think they are in terms of it being at home and, and things of that nature. But Texas did look uh, maybe better than expected in Sark's first game there against a good UL team. Uh, Arkansas had some things go wrong early. You know, a linebacker get kicked out of the game for targeting. Bumper pull gets kicked out late. He'll have to sit out the first half of this Texas contest, but just talk to us about what, what's the vibe, uh, you know, covering Arkansas on a daily basis in terms of what's everybody feeling fan base coaching staff. How's it, how's it looking going into this Texas matchup? Well, I think the fan base is beyond excited, not just because it's Texas and it's a team that um, we Arkansans love to hate. I, I personally don't really have, a whole lot against them, mainly because they joined the SEC or Arkansas joined the SEC and left the Southwest Conference when I was like a year old. So I don't really remember a lot of that rivalry. I hear a lot about it, of course, but this is the first sellout that we're going to have since 2000, early 2017. So pretty much four years ago uh, to the day since it was like week two or week three um, against TCU at that time. And so it's going to be an incredible environment. Like I said, about 80,000 people in DW Reynolds Stadium. But we just we didn't look very good, at least in the first half against Rice. And that's expected in your first game. There were plenty of teams that lost last week that, that shouldn't have and plenty of teams that had to come back. Uh, just thinking of Mississippi State, for, for instance, you know, there at the end of the third quarter being down. 35 to 14 and then and came back and won it or 34 to 14 I guess it was then won 35 to 34 and so you're gonna look bad sometimes in your first game and KJ Jefferson did look a little shaky but you think about four drops that his receivers had if those would have been caught he would have had like around a 75 percent completion percentage and Another thing is special teams. You know, I know you being a Georgia fan, you're very familiar with Scott Fountain, and he just hasn't really done a great job in his tenure here. 
Last year, a lot of people gave him some leniency because he had a lot of walk-ons playing, you know, guys that were fourth, fifth, sixth stringers, I guess, even that low. And so, but then last week, you had a fumble on the opening kickoff from Ladarius Bishop, and then you also had a punt blocked, which just should not happen under really many circumstances at all. So special teams is really concerning, and you got to cut down on the penalties. We had 13 against Rice. So I think if you cut those penalties in half and you don't make the special teams mistakes that we saw, it's going to put Arkansas in a really good position. I mean, if they don't win it to at least compete until the very end. And when you have a team like Texas that has a quarterback that's just now kind of getting his feet wet there with Hudson Card, um, but still he has weapons out there. He's got Jordan Whittingham that had a over 100 yards receiving in his first game. Bijan Robinson, who is unbelievable out of the backfield, you know, both as a receiver and a runner. Really, you need everybody there in terms of being able to prepare for not only Sark's scheme, but also – the physicality and the playmaking ability that their players have and bumper pool not being there for that first half of the game. Um, how is Arkansas going to be able to, you know, who's going to step up and replace bumper pool in that situation to kind of help lead the the defense and what can the offense do to kind of alleviate some of this, some of these uh, issues early on? Well, it's definitely going to hurt losing Bumper. You know, he's a native Texan, so you know he hates to – he at least gets to play in the second half, but you know that he definitely hates to miss the first half. It's kind of interesting. I guess I would say funny, but I guess funny is not the appropriate word. But we lost um, Hayden Henry. There's so many Henrys that have played at Arkansas. I forgot which name it was. Hayden Henry was lost due to a targeting call in the second half against Alabama last year. And then, so he didn't play in the first half. Grant Morgan gets ejected on the sixth play against Rice. So he, he'll get to play uh, this, this game, you know, assuming that he doesn't get another one of those. And then, of course, like you said, Bumper's going to be out. So we've lost all three of our linebackers in some capacity, dating back to even last year, all three of our, our main ones. And so they're definitely, you know, Sark is, is an offensive genius. And so he's certainly going to cap, try to capitalize on that. But you talk about Hudson Card, you know, it's not going to be easy for a, regardless of the talent or lack thereof that a certain team might have. You know, I definitely think that Arkansas is in way better position even than they were last year. They had a pretty good defense, but now that we have defensive line depth, that's going to really help a lot. But the fact that you're going into an environment like a fully packed DW Reynolds Stadium in that kind of environment, I, I definitely think you're crazy if you don't think that it's going to be tough on him. But then you've got a guy like Bijan Robinson that's one of the top backs, maybe the top back in the Big 12 and, and one of the better in the country. And then going back to special teams for Texas, I think it's uh, Deshaun Jamison that is their kick and punt returner. He's got one punt return career touchdown, uh, and then he's got uh, two kick returns in his career. And so that's another thing that really scares me because he can really fly. And going back to that whole thing I was mentioning about special teams, we just haven't really done in, in the, what now, 11 games that Sam Pittman has coached at Arkansas just haven't really been consistent, particularly on our kick and punt coverage. And so that's going to be another thing to look out for. And as you know, that's something that can really change the tide of a game, change the momentum is a big special teams play. Yeah. And, you know, when you have 
you know, people missing on defense and you have a electrifying offense and in terms of at least scheme and, you know, what we've seen early on, knowing the player that Bajon Robinson is, it helps to, you know, keep the ball away from, from the other team, be able to grind some things out. Uh, Sam Pittman is definitely known for having that in his, in his DNA, you know, some of those rushing offenses, uh, that they had at the University of Georgia under him. They were able to basically run the ball when they wanted to with that offensive line that he was able to recruit in there. Um, K.J. Jefferson, you know, really is someone who is as talented of a runner as maybe anyone in the in the SEC when you put it down to it in terms of what he can do with the football in his hands. Do, do you think that Sam Pittman and company feel comfortable running him more than, you know, 10, 15 times if they have to with design runs and scrambles both taken into account? And, you know, do they feel comfortable enough in guys like Malik Hornsby behind him uh, to be able to do that? Because, you know, when you run, it comes at a price in the SEC. Yeah, I think that's a great question because we were wondering if we were going to see Malik last week, especially at halftime. The way that Sam was talking, he was very disappointed and right, and very rightfully so with the first half performance, but we didn't see Malik. And you would think that they're going to put that. So that's one question that I've gotten a lot over the offseason was what kind of role would Malik play? And I never thought that it was going to be a two-quarterback system. I thought KJ had done enough, particularly in the, the Missouri game last year, to be QB1 for the Rice game. But you certainly thought that there was going to be some packages in there. And maybe will we see that? This week, I, I would certainly think that we should, you know, maybe for at least a couple of plays if, if the situation is right. But he would have had over 100 yards rushing easily had that not. I think it was like a 49-yard run that he had. He had a 34-yard touchdown in the first one of the game. And then he had like around a, a pretty close to a 50-yard run, maybe a little over. I can't remember the exact yardage, but it was called back on a, on a holding call that I didn't necessarily agree with. But, you know, I'm not official. But I definitely think you got to keep him involved in the run game. Traylon Smith is obviously a very reliable back. He showed that last year, and he had over 100 yards last week. And then continue to get uh, the true freshman Rocket Sanders involved. He only had two carries in the first half, and then I think had around five or six in the second. But definitely want to try to get him going more. I know that since he is, was just playing high school ball last year and was that running back receiver, was more of an athlete, Ball security probably is a, a question with him right now, but he's got all the talent in the world. And so I'd like to see Rocket get a little bit more involved. And then, like I said, uh, I definitely even see KJ. If KJ has to run it 10 times for us to win the ball game, let's, let's do it. He's got the frame and he's got the speed. This feels like a game that if – you know, KJ Jefferson and, and Traylon and Traylon, the, the, I almost want to call it the, the, the law firm of Traylon, Traylon and, and Jefferson, you know, something like that. That sounds really, sounds really good. But, uh, in terms of this Arkansas offense, if they're able to, you know, produce enough early and have enough time of possession to kind of keep the, the, the Sark run offense, you know, on its heels a little bit. No, no special teams mistakes, as you've mentioned, would be key. But this feels like a game with that that home field crowd there in the fourth quarter. If it's close, that that could really make a a huge difference, especially with Hudson Card being a a young starter for for Texas, being there in that environment. And let's face it, this is going to be a the fans will feel this because, like you said. They harken back to the days of the Southwestern Conference, and now it's going to be a future SEC rivalry. Uh, just how big do you think the atmosphere will be to the outcome of this game? 
Oh, that, there's no question that that's going to be huge. Just like we said with, with Hudson Card being, you know, a young guy, it's hard for any quarterback, even Greg McElroy, a national championship quarterback for Alabama, said that the, the toughest environment he ever played in was about 10, 11 years ago in Fayetteville. And so, and I know that there's other, you know, other stadiums that would uh, definitely have something to say about that, other quarterbacks that have something to say about that. But one thing, Blaine, that I think is going to be a massive key is we've got, like I mentioned a second ago, we've got a lot more depth on the defensive line, and we lost Dorian Gerald as of uh, Wednesday. He broke his leg in practice. You just really hate it for him. This is the third year in a row that he's had a pretty much season-ending injury with one or two games into the season. And, he, and like I said, he broke his leg, and so that's a real tough break there. But And then you've got John Ridgway coming back. He's the transfer from Illinois State. He was out last week due to an appendectomy, but – He's uh, going to be back this week, so that's going to be key. But if we can get a pass rush with that depth and with the talent that we do have on the defensive line, I trust guys like Jay Catalan, Monteric Brown, Greg Brooks to force – and, again, if the defensive line can force Hudson to make some mistakes, those those defensive backs are going to take advantage of it. I, I heard uh, Roman Harper say that, that Jalen Catalan is the, the best defensive back in the country. I don't know. I would definitely say he's the best safety in the country. I have not done enough of my homework across all of college football to say that he's the best overall defensive back, but I would certainly venture to say that he is the best safety. And he's just got that combination of smart. Sometimes they say that, especially on defense, that it's not always your most talented player that's your best one, it's your smartest. Well, Jalen has that combination of intelligence and talent to go with it. And so, I definitely think that if this defensive line can get a pretty consistent pass rush on Hudson Card, that this secondary will definitely make them pay. Uh, you know, Jalen Catalan and Derek Stingley Jr. In my opinion, have to be right up there, uh, like you said, for two of the two of the best defensive backs in all of college football. So you know that the the ball hawking safety that Catalan is will definitely be hoping that that crowd rattles Hudson Card a little bit, have throws just a little bit off, and uh, Arkansas be you know more than willing to take advantage of a mistake there, but definitely looking forward to this matchup. Kyle, we appreciate you coming on the second to none podcast. Tell everybody, you know, where they can find the the hog talk podcast. uh, If they, if they haven't already and on what you guys have coming up. Yeah. So uh, we're on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're most active on Facebook and Twitter, but it's at the hog talk H A W G um, across all social media. And so, uh, yeah, we do a bunch of uh, baseball stuff. Our, our uh, baseball analyst, Kevin Bohannon, I think is the, the best you'll find in Arkansas in terms of cover. You know, we've definitely uh, picked up our, our most of our media across the state has done a pretty good job of covering it because we've had a successful baseball team over the last 10 plus years or so. But I don't think that you're going to find anybody better than Kevin. And then uh, also Porter Hayes is our, we, we cover a lot of the women's athletics too because Arkansas has been very fortunate to be uh, pretty successful in softball, volleyball, women's basketball, those. And um, and then myself, I kind of do just a variety of things. I'm mainly the podcast coordinator. But we do Monday and Friday weekly shows. And uh, usually on Fridays, we do we have a analyst from the team that we're playing kind of preview the game for Saturday. And then on our Monday show, we usually recap the game. And then we also do – I cover high school football in Arkansas as well. And so we do about a high school recap typically – for our Monday shows. So, uh, yeah, those drop every Monday and Friday at 6 a.m. wherever you find your podcast. And then uh, we also have our shows run on uh, 106.7 The Buzz 2, um, the state's uh, one of the state's uh, largest platforms there. 
And so, uh, yeah, a lot of big things, man. We've uh, definitely grown over the last year. This is, I guess, our third year covering the Razorbacks uh, into football season. And so uh, very thankful and fortunate to be where we're at. It's fantastic stuff over on the Hog Talk podcast. Thank you to Kyle Sutherland. Kyle, we'll catch you next time. And, uh, you know, thank everybody for watching here on this interview with Kyle Sutherland from the Hog Talk podcast on Second to None. So we appreciate Mr. Kyle Sutherland coming on and spending some time with us to talk about this big-time matchup in Fayetteville where, it, TK, to me, it feels like the Hogs have a chance here with Sam Pittman being second year at the helm to really seize some momentum in this program after kind of a, a up-and-down first year, COVID, all that kind of stuff. But they did better in a lot of games than people expected and now uh, with a real chance to make a national statement. Yeah, man, I agree. I think that with the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, they got fans in that stadium. Now it's going to be pig suey crazy in there. And I think that a big reason for that is KJ Jefferson. Um, KJ Jefferson, um, with just his fourth start, had a big game and has a big game in front of him. Um, last week, uh, I think I think our guy alluded to it. He would have had some better numbers had guys not dropped passes, but I think KJ, KJ Jefferson special. I think Sam Pittman's looking for him to be a little bit more um, accurate on his intermediate throws, but his, his receivers have to help him help him out there as well. Um, but early on, um, those are things that happen. You, you do have drops early on and you do, uh, those are jitters. Those are first game jitters, but hopefully those are out of the way. And uh, you know, he, uh, his receivers can help him have a big day. And, guys, when we say hopefully here, TK is, is saying there, we make no bones about it. We want the SEC to come out on top on these yeah. matchups now. We're, want, we're rooting for the SEC team. Now, TK may not root for Florida. I don't know. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to see what, what ends up coming, coming with all that. But that's, that's a little bit different there. Um, now, TK, one note I did want to put up here. If you're watching on the 365 Sports channel, YouTube channel, you see a graphic up that says bumper pool is out the first half for a targeting call. Uh, TK, when you have your heart and soul of your defense, a guy who's been around forever, um, senior leader there in bumper pool, just how big is that to uh, not have that against, especially a talented running back like Bijan Robinson? Well, well, it's huge um, because you said it. He's been there a while. He's he's uh, got a lot of experience behind him. But the biggest thing is that he plays with so much energy that um, that that early on in the game that could be missed. But he's got a guy behind him, Jalen Catalan, that is a freak to me. Uh, two two picks last week, and this guy can play, bro. This safety can play football. He's a sideline to sideline guy just like bumper pool so hopefully his energy carries them through the the first half and uh you know it allows bumper to get back in there and to carry him carry him home carry him home yeah kyle alluded to it you know hudson card his it's his first road start a uh, young quarterback and that uh dwr crowd there in fayetteville is going to be jumping uh tk you've played there you know what it's like to for a good arkansas team to they come out and support their fans because you know people people don't realize you know they're basically like the pro team there yeah, yeah i mean that's yeah. what that's what it is there there is no fighting uh between you know for fan base it's like one state collected behind there um so you know you look right here 
some of the matchups that I'm intrigued by, like you said, Jalen Catalan is going to be kind of patrolling that secondary back there. Uh, Texas's main target, Hudson Carr's favorite target, the first matchup was Jordan Whittington, seven receptions, 113 yards. And then, of course, B. John Robinson, a total of 24 (laughs) touches for 176 yards and two touchdowns against a very good, very well-coached Louisiana Lafayette team with Billy Napier. Yeah, he uh, had the opportunity to watch some film on B. John, too, bro. He's probably the most put-together back in in the nation, I think. both running and catching out of the backfield, he's elusive. He'll run you over. Only uh, a sophomore, too. Yeah, he, he'll he'll do he'll do it all. He's he's special. So I'm definitely 100 percent excited to watch him. Um, man, I was excited to watch him and Bumper Pool go at it right off the go. But I guess we'll have to wait on that. But um, how super- juiced up do you think Bumper Pool's going to be coming out of that <gasps> halftime locker room? <laughs> oh man, he gonna shoot. <laughs> he gonna he gonna really run. He gonna be out there like Bobby Boucher. That's it. That's it. Uh, so, TK, you know, while we've got the, the graphic up here, we're, we're going to go ahead and run through some stuff. Arkansas did trail 10-7 to 7 last week at half, but they got things together, 21 points uh, in the fourth quarter. Texas really had control start to finish. Last time Texas beat Arkansas was 20, uh, 2008. Arkansas beat Texas in their last matchup in a bowl game in 2014. Uh, so, TK, it's time. Go ahead and lock in that pick. Who who do you like for the Texas at Arkansas matchup? Jeez. Well, knowing what we know, Bumper Pool's not going to be there. B. John Robinson's a freak. Oh, and um, before you make your pick, I forgot to mention one thing. One thing that Kyle mentioned, Dorian Gerald, a, their jack defensive end who played 42 snaps in the Rice game, broke, broke his leg. leg this week during practice. So now uh, it te- Arkansas has gathered more depth under Sam Pittman with his recruiting and things like that. But still, when you lose a starter, an experienced guy like Dorian Gerald, and this guy's fought injury his whole career, and this mm-hmm. appears to be one that's going to end his career, which is terrible. But – um, what does that do to a team when you see a teammate like that go through such a not only a injury but it looks like a career ending injury? Man, it's tough. Uh, that's tough for him. Prayer, prayers up to him um, for obviously for his physical injury and, and just his men, mental as well. Um, but man, it, you, that can either for a team that can either go one or two ways. Um, you can either kind of rally around that and say, "All right, let's do it for this guy," or you either feel bad and and kind of the next man up doesn't step into the to that moment but hopefully you know there's a guy wanting to step up wanting to fill those big shoes that need to be filled but again with all those things the odds stacked up against them man it's going to be tough for them I think to to pull out of there only 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 thing that 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 might carry them through there is that is that that Arkansas crowd and then pigs, yeah. them pig sueys. So I ain't even going to do it to them. I'm staying at CC. Let's go Arkansas. You go in Arkansas. Well, I guess I'm going to be the, you know, in wrestling TK, they have what they call baby faces are the good guys and the heels are the bad guys. I guess I'm going to be a heel. Uh, I think, I think that Sark is going to uh, outmatch, um, outmatch the, the coaching staff over there at Arkansas in terms of defensively, uh, you know, I think that he's going to be able to scheme some things up. And I do think I do think it's going to be a very tight game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it'll be close late. But I think guys like uh, when you have a player like uh, Bajon Robinson and then, you know, just being that Texas scheme overall uh, and 
the only thing that's going to save them, like you said, is is one that the Arkansas crowd or if KJ Jefferson really just becomes almost like a running back with his yeah. legs and ends yeah. up using uh, a lot of that athleticism. But I'm going to split with you here and go go Texas. Um, before we go to some of our other key matchups, TK, I do want to throw these these other kind of cupcake matchups and just put our predictions out there on the record. I don't think anything's going to be crazy. Uh, I think I think Alabama's going to take care of Mercer. Uh, yep. That's fair to say. I think 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 that one's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Auburn Auburn over Alabama State. LSU will beat McNeese. Um, one that we're not going to highlight tremendously, TK, but this uh, Mississippi State NC State matchup with Mississippi State being a, a two and a half point underdog. We talked about it last week. Um, Devin Leary comes back for NC State. He's a very mobile quarterback. He's able to do a lot of things. He had a broken leg last year. They just absolutely drubbed uh, South Florida 45-0 in the opener. The only thing that worries me, TK, is I just don't know if Mississippi Mississippi State can stop them. I, I think Mississippi State will be able to put up points, but that defense is is horrendous. Yeah, it's rough, man. I, Coach, Lee, Coach Leach obviously can can score, um, but but – on the other side of that, you got to stop people, and I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I dare, I'd have to go NC State. Yeah, NC State for me too. Uh, of course, Ole Miss over. Uh, we'll take o- Ole Miss over Austin P. And then South Florida is going to probably lose to Florida, even though that is at home. We mentioned South Florida lost forty-five nothing to NC State uh, in Week One. So give me Florida, uh, w- even with the quarterback kind of controversy with. Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson going on there. Is, Georgia. It, is it a controversy? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. What do you yeah. think? I don't know. I I mean, they could use they could use that to their, you know, to their advantage and, and play both of them. I think. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, it, it can for sure work out. A two quarterback system in college can definitely can definitely work out. I just don't know how it's gonna uh, play out if Anthony Richardson keeps running off. You know. <laughs> Ripping off eighty-yard runs. I mean, I don't know how how you keep him out of yeah, the lineup. Yeah, he might face. be the guy. Then he out here looking like Madden O four big. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Now uh, UAB in Georgia. We do want to touch on this one just a little bit. JT Daniels dealing with some sort of we don't know if it's a oblique, a rib, a core injury, something along those standards. Um, but even if he does, even if he is out, which I think I anticipate him playing. Mm-hmm. But even if he is out, I think Georgia will overwhelm UAB in terms of their talent up front defensively and offensively. Uh, expect Georgia to run the ball more effectively. They ran for – I mean, they ran for 121 yards against Clemson, which that's a good defense, and that's still a good total to, to put up against the Clemson and, defense. And, and that's what we wanted to do. That's it. So, that's- so like, you can't you, – people look at that and they're like, damn – your offense didn't do it. I know we wanted to run the ball now. Like we wanted to run the ball. So we, we I think we did well running the ball against uh Clemson. And I think that we'll do the same against UAB. Um, even if they stack the box like they may, um, I think I think we'll still be able to run the ball. And like I said earlier in the week, um, these are the games that the opportunities out wide will be will be there. So hopefully those guys will get more opportunities, make explosive plays down the field, whether it's JT, Carson Beck, uh Brock or Stetson Bennett, the mailman, um, <laughs> whether it's either one of them, I think that um, there'll be more opportunities down the field. 
Yeah, so when a safety has to come into the box, we know that that leaves those shot opportunities. You'll see that out of Georgia. Georgia over UAB, we'll, we'll call that one. And then our the only other game that's not one of our feature matchups here is the Vanderbilt-Colorado State game. I don't care if it's uh, David Pollock's 12U team that they're talking about. On they're nice, game. they're they nice, though. They are yeah, nice. Yeah, they're Those nice. North Oconee Titans. Yeah. I take the North Oconee Titans uh, 12U team over Vanderbilt right now. You lose 23-3 to over East Tennessee State. We've already started our petition. I think they should be kicked out of the league. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm taking the, the Rams of Colorado State. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with Colorado State as well. Hey, who knows? Maybe they'll pull like a like a Rudy or something, you know, and come come around and, and play better. But I mean, Vanderbilt's got a long, long way to go. So uh, TK, that that leads us into our final three matchups. The 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 other three key matchups we had: South Carolina traveling to ECU as a two point road underdog. Uh, then, of course, you have Tennessee is a three point home underdog to Pittsburgh. That's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Uh, and then also you have Missouri traveling to Kentucky, a interconference matchup here, an SEC East matchup, and Kentucky's five-and-a-half-point favorite. And we're going to touch on those here in just a minute after this word from playactionpools.com, guys. Our, our pod is excited to be partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love the most. You'll be able to get in the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works, guys. Sign up for the contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college. Whoever gets the most picks correct, you win a – win some exciting prizes, things like uh, the electric sunglasses, the pair of DC shoes, all that kind of stuff. Again, go to playactionpools.com, sign up for the contest, Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, football pick them. And, and if you plan on hosting your own pools and things like that, you can also go over there and do that today. They've got Survivor, pick them, as well as sports style, build your own bankroll type pools, guys. So playactionpools.com, your home for all your office sports pools. So Thanks to PlayActionPools.com. And now to get to one of our key matchups here and throw it on the screen if you're watching along on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, guys. By the way, if you don't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get all of our videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Go ahead and hit that notification button. That helps out as well. Uh, throw us a like if you're watching right now. And, uh, you know, comments. We love the feedback, guys. So, uh, also, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, just search second to none, and we'll be there. Uh, and so, TK, we've got a matchup here with an SEC team traveling over to play against the ECU Pirates, and they're actually an underdog in this one uh, on the road. Um, I think Vegas may have uh, made a little bit of a mistake setting this line because they, I don't think they knew that Kevin Harris, the leading rusher from the sec last year uh and remember it was only a 10 game season and and my man threw up 11 38 and 15 touchdowns in 2020 so uh that's a big return for them they don't know if zeb nolan is going to be the quarterback or if luke Doty is going to return uh from his foot injury that he sustained in camp shane beamer is kind of keeping everybody in the dark on that uh and on the flip side 
ECU is going to be hungry to kind of avenge that opening week flop they had against App State, uh, you know, a team that they're they're really, you know, always competitive with, and they lost uh, 33 to 18, allowed 495 yards, TK. That, that ECU defense got torched. Uh, they're 5-14 and 14 all-time versus South Carolina. Uh, but they do have a big-time quarterback in Holton Allers, a lefty that is starting his 32nd game at ECU. Uh, you know, 6'3", probably 235. I mean, a, almost a Tebow-looking type type of quarterback. Um, and, you know, over 7,000 career passing yards. So when you when you hear all that, you see all that kind of stuff, TK, what are you, what are you thinking going into this matchup? Well, the biggest thing, the two biggest things that jump out at me is that ACU defense giving up 495 yards of of uh, of offense and 226 of it being on the ground. And obviously, Kevin Harris coming back. When you throw, when you can throw up um, 1,100 yards and 15 tugs and, and, and a 10 games, see all and, SEC in 10 games, you're doing something. So that's something to look at there. I think they'll be able to run the ball. And if you look more at the stats and look at what Zeb Nolan did, 13 for 22, 121 yards, four TDs. Yeah, he, he had four tuggies, but they, they were pretty close to the goal line. So they were able to run the ball last week as well. So expect them to be able to run it this week for sure. I'm taking South Carolina. I think Vegas gave them uh, ECU the points because they were at home. Um, I'm taking South Carolina. Uh, whether Zeb's out there or Luke Dottie gets the nod, I'm going with the Gamecocks. Yeah, and I, I think that definitely it's going to be a, a good environment there at ECU. Shane Beamer said so in his conference, uh, you know, in his – uh, press conferences this week he said hey ECU he said I've I've coached against ECU and I've also coached in the big uh, big 12 and and uh, been to some of those places and they, he said ECU's got a good atmosphere he said it'll be a rocking environment but I do I do agree with you I think South Carolina is going to be just bigger and more physical up front uh, they had some issues run blocking maybe uh, in the first week, even though they just tore through Eastern Illinois. But, you know, TK, sometimes <laughs> even though you blow, blow a team out, you come watch that film and you're like, oh, we didn't do some things so good. So there's still going to be some improvement week one to week two for South Carolina. Somebody that, that uh, the everybody doesn't – the Gamecock fans out there do need to keep an eye on is Keaton Mitchell um, for East Carolina. Buddy can fly. I mean, oh. he's, he's trait – straight track star and you know he's one of the fastest players that South Carolina will face this season even with in their SEC schedule I mean he's that he's that 4-3-4-4 type type burner uh and plays running back there for ECU but even with that and even with uh some some good players I like Holton Allers a lot uh I'm gonna have to go with South Carolina mm -hmm. as well so that's the uh South Carolina and East Tennessee matchup now we're gonna touch on Pittsburgh going down to Knoxville. And this is a matchup that is really intriguing to me, TK. You have really a dichotomy here. I call it experience and kind of a set culture over there in Pittsburgh versus the new era of Tennessee. Um, you know, when you're, when you're looking at this Pittsburgh team, they were – one thing that jumps out to me right off the bat is that Pat Narduzzi is a hard-nosed football coach, and mm -hmm. his team was number three in the country. You can see right there, third in the FBS and rush defense in 2020. They only allowed 2.7 yards per carry. I think only 90-something yards a game. 
TK, the only two defenses that were better than them in 2020 at stopping the run, Georgia and Texas A&M. So that, that tells you right there that it's going to be a, a hard-fought matchup along the front. Now, they did. They do only return one starter on that defensive line, but they return a lot of the linebacking core, a couple of DBs. So still six starters returning on defense for Pittsburgh. So they do have some experience and some depth that they build behind those starters last year. Uh, also, the offense was efficient uh, in their first win versus UMass. 51 to 7 over UMass. Kenny Pickett, senior quarterback, 27 to 37, 272, two touchdowns. Four players for Pittsburgh had four plus receptions. So they really did a good job of spreading the ball around. That's a, that's, that's a fun day. That is a fun day. And then uh, TK, you know, I'll let you kind of run through Tennessee there. Look at some of those numbers, man. Just tell I, them, tell them what they did rushing the football. Man, Tyon Evans, 120 uh, with. 120, 120 rushing yards. Uh, Jabari Small, 117 rushing yards. And Joe Milton had 44 rushing yards. I think he had a long one uh, that was called back. Now, my thing is, if they can – Pitt, obviously, um, has SEC-caliber type uh, defense, you know. Um, if they can if they can make Tennessee one-dimensional, then – be a long it, day for the Vols. Sir <laughs> – it could be it could be trouble um, because that's that's what Joe Milton struggled with and it, I, and I don't just looking at the tape from last week I don't necessarily think it was all on him I think it was a little some miscues here and there with his receivers but that's some things that they got to get down um, within a short period of time but man if 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 Pitt can make these guys one dimensional it's going to be a struggle brother I, I'm telling you. Yeah, uh, Joe Milton has. Uh, there's no question his arm strength. He can fit it in tight windows at, at because of his arm strength. But just the pinpoint accuracy, some of the ball playment, placement hasn't been there at times. He was a 59 percent type, uh, you know, completion percentage guy at Michigan. Had a similar deal here at Tennessee. So they really want him to be more accurate with the football. But and, Joe and, Milton can for sure run. And and I will say the SEC speed. And Joe Milton is a little bit different than that ACC speed. We it, know that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So same same goes for Pitt. They didn't play anybody. They didn't play. UMass wasn't running like Tennessee's going to be running for sure. But um, to that point, Joe Milton can throw the ball. He he can he can throw the ball well. I think a lot of what he does is um, force it. I think he forces some things, and I think he did that last week uh, on a couple. Um, but I think that. Again, I'm taking Pitt only because if they make him one-dimensional, I think it's going to be a struggle. I'm taking Pitt because when you see up here, uh, Tennessee, you know, they they beat a Bowling Green team, but I think they really bogged down some, and, and, and I don't know that they're going to be able to go at that warp speed pace. Pat Narduzzi and his – and his team uh, were practicing this week. They had two GAs on the field, TK, where they were spotting the ball like every seven seconds. So I think oh this defense God. is going to be – I think this defense is going to be prepared for that warp speed that Tennessee is going to try to run. And if they get a couple of three and outs and Kenny Pickett and company are able to it, it capitalize on that, I don't know that, that Joe Milton and this offense right now are prepared to kind of come from behind a 14-20 point uh, deficit right now. So I'm going to take Pitt – on the road and then our last game that we have to break down here it's kind of our co co game of the week with that te that texas arkansas game missouri 
in conference play coming to Kentucky. There's some really high expectations in Lexington this year, TK. A lot of people thinking that Kentucky will be the team that uh, challenges Georgia the most mm-hmm. for that SEC crown. Uh, we've, we've talked about it before. Mark Stoops, it's an NFL-developing uh, program. They put six guys in the league last year, TK. Um, they're returning 12 starters, seven of those on offense, and they have Will Levis, the transfer quarterback from Penn State that absolutely lit it up last week against UL Monroe. They had 564 <laughs> yards of offense at yeah. Kentucky. That I don't know if that's happened in a while, TK. Mm-hmm. Eight, 8.42 yards per play, just to let you know how good that would be. If that was the final average for the year, uh, comparing it to 2020, they would have been number four in the entire country um, last year. So, uh, you know, Kentucky really uh, having an explosive start, but a lot of good things for Missouri as well. Uh, we, 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 you know, we slided them last week. We were picking them to get, get <laughs> beat. Uh, but you, you said they would have got beat if Jim McElwain. Yeah, they, didn't have, they didn't have their coach, bro. That's uh, TK's excuse of why uh, our, our prediction didn't come come through. But Tyler Beatty, 25 carries for 203 yards. Two, two bills, TK. We've talked about that. That just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing, really. 200 yards rushing is uh, kind of a statistical anomaly nowadays. But 25 carries, 203 yards, and a touchdown. It's year two of the Eli Drinkwitz-Connor Basilak combo there in Columbia, Missouri, 16 returning starters, eight on offense, eight on defense, so a very experienced team. But they allowed 475 yards of offense to that Central Michigan team. So, TK, having having the background there, knowing all that, what do you think going into this Kentucky is five and a half? Uh, we, we talked about five and a half points may not be enough on that spread. So I think I know which way you might be leaning on this. One. Yeah, brother, you, you you gave me a little bit of homework and I I, I was going to do it anyways because I, I said last week Kentucky's offense looked like a different offense. They looked like a different team. Will Levis, um, just looking at the stats, I was like, what the heck's going on? So I had to dive in. And when I dove in, what I find, Josh Ali, um, receiver good route runner good hands uh big playability always in the right spot i think he's a guy that will levis finds a lot but the guy that i want to talk about is wandale robinson 510 190 um i cut the tape on and dude the dude just makes plays um they put him in the backfield they put him at receiver he's he's special you could put him anywhere but wherever you put him plays are going to be made he's one of those cats that uh makes that one cut and, and is out of there. So I think that Will Levis has weapons. I think that Missouri has some issues um, out wide, really. Um, so I think that I, I think that Kentucky puts it on puts it on Mizzou, really. So I, not I really, even not even close in the SEC opener. You don't think? Yeah, I think they put it on them. I mean, there's some, yeah, yeah. I think they put it on them, bro. I can't even. I I, I the to me, I think Missouri's hope would have to be that Tyler Beatty is able to take over this game once again and they're able to really run the football well. Because, like I think you said, that Connor Basilek, I don't know that he's got just a great rapport with his guys on the outside mm-hmm. yet right now, even though there's eight returning starters. But still, uh, I just think that that Tyler Beatty is kind of the, the heart and soul of what Missouri has going on there offensively, and that Mark Stoops defense is hard to run on. It is not easy sledding. You saw that last couple of years with 
uh, Georgia even going up against them. I mean, it's a it's a good, uh, well-coached defensive front. They always have talented linebackers that can go sideline to sideline and and make plays. I like Kentucky as well, and give give them to give them to me big. I think I think it's for a fourteen or seventeen point game, uh, Kentucky and the Bluegrass State. And I do I do believe that uh, you know a lot of people are right in thinking that Kentucky could end up being the 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 biggest challenge of the year remaining for Georgia. I mean, I could definitely see that uh, sitting at this point right now. I mean, obviously it's week one, but you could obviously throw an Auburn in there that looked really good. You could throw a lot of people in there. And, and in this league, bro, everybody does this, gets better every week. So there's no telling who that could be, man. But right now I think Kentucky is rolling. I think they've got something special in, 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 the, in the people that they put around, Will Levis and Wandell Robinson and Josh Ali. Um, Jalen Carlisle at Mizzou is a safety uh, that played corner that's been in that system a while that I think will have his hands full. Um, yeah, with those Saturday. two, yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he's one. I mean, he's great. I mean, I watch tape on him too. He 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 covers the field. He sits back and he roams the field and um, controls the field. Reads plays, breaks makes break up breaks up on east and west. Um, and he prides himself on that using his speed. So hopefully, man, hopefully, hopefully he can he can do that and make some plays. But I don't think I don't think he, he alone will be enough. I know I know we both like Kentucky. Where where would you maybe rank right now, uh, Wandell Robinson? You think in terms of SEC wide receivers? Hey man, he's up there, bro. I I, I know you got John Mechie at Alabama. I mean, is he is he entering into Mechie territory in terms of how explosive and athletic he is? Well, yeah, I mean, just the thing about him is how good he is with the ball in his hands, which is why they um, – I think he was in Nebraska, which yeah. is why in Nebraska they put him in the backfield, tried to get the ball in his hands quick. They would hand it to the kid. Um, so he's he's a special type of player, man. Um, I, I definitely have him up there. He's a top five receiver in this league. Um, I think he'll end up being a top five receiver in this league at the end of the year for sure, maybe top three. Well, there you have it, guys. It's a lock-in Friday. We've given you all of our picks here in the key games. We're going to go. TK's going with Arkansas. I'm going with Texas. We both like South Carolina. Uh, we both like Pitt to beat Tennessee. And we're both going to take Kentucky uh, at home. So this has been your lock-in Friday edition of the Second to None podcast. Catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, we'll have reaction to this week two. Uh, and then Wednesday, we start to look ahead to week three, tell you what the spreads are, tell you what Vegas is thinking, why that is, that kind of stuff. And then on next Friday, we'll also give you our picks and try to have another quality guest for you here on the Second Gun Podcast. TK, I appreciate you, uh, you know, playing a little road game here, being able to get in <laughs> on the road, battling the sun for us. I mean, all I know, kinds man. of this Denver All kinds of adversity, and you're just fighting through it. I appreciate Man, that. That's what I do, baby. I just, I just try to come out on top for my people. That's it. That's it. Well, for for Tavares King, I'm Blaine Gilmer. This has been the Second to None podcast presented by Bet Online and Play Action Pools on the Believe Podcast Network and 365 Sports YouTube channel, and we will catch you on Monday. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make mom's day? 
Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.